0: episode of the Inflated Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the much-debated managerial role at Manchester United. I don't think there's going to be much scope for that debate since um, the current manager, Ole Gunnar Solksa, seems to be facing the sack. Um, with me today is my good friend, Akil. Who is... Hey, guys. Yeah. So, how are you, Akil? How have you been, man?
1: Well, to be honest, a little bit depressed because… Nah, fuck Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i think i've told you only times like i don't care if we get relegated i'm gonna be ollie in for life yeah.
0: it come to like what your view of it is but um let me just update everyone on what the current um situation is in the news so about yesterday um from United side there's nothing coming out about the manager which is not exactly a good sign because usually you'd expect them to put something out backing the manager so um yesterday i think um basically the italian press are saying that conté uh is is already holding talks with united while the uh, some of the british press um such as I think uh, some I think
1: big sources like the athletic then even yeah. fabrizio they also have tweeted
0: about that exactly yeah so i like some the, basically there's varying opinion um and today from the athletic um it's basically come out that um he is expected to be in charge of the Tottenham game. But yesterday again we saw him saying no um he will in fact take charge of that game, but no matter the result, he will get sacked. Um so I think we can first get started off with Akhil. Um I think both of us were quite vocal about our um, opinions on the manager. Why why do you think wait, do you think Ole should be replaced? And if not, or if, if um, yes, why?
1: Look, I'm going to be straight up honest. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but no, I don't think he should be replaced. Right. And I'll tell you why. It's I think since the post-Ferguson time, we've been the most competitive under Ori, and that's a fact. Right. The titles under Mourinho may tell a different story, but I think anyone who's seen actual Mourinho games know that we we're a more competitive side we now than we were then. Right. And I think... I don't think I think the problems at our club run deeper than the manager. I think hmm. it's not his fault the reason why the results are going the way they are. Yes, he's not a Pep Guardiola or something, you know, in terms of tactics, but hmm. I do think that he can get the job done if given the right backing. And people may say that he's back he was back this summer, but I really don't think so. I feel like it was a an actual disaster
0: window for us. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll be, come to that, right? But um, I think first, what we were expecting last week, we, we were supposed to release this last week, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, we're going to delve into the tactics and how the summer signings may not improve United as much as people think they will. And um, forget improve, I think there's been regression this season. Mm. Um. So, I think, first of all, there's not going to be an episode where we slander Oli. If you expect that, then please move on to something else. Yeah, we
1: don't do that here.
0: Yeah. So, um, describing me and Akil we're we're very typical, you know, back the manager type of fans. And me personally, right, I I get that um, silverware is extremely important um, in in a competitive sport. But for me, Manchester United is bigger than sport itself, fo- football itself, right? For me, yeah, what the club represents, I think going for somebody like an Antonio Conte we've already done that with Mourinho and Bro, it has exactly it has Mourinho written all over it again i i know for a fact it's going to blow up on our face yeah. i think if, if you look at it, I, I think there's some unfair comparison actually between Conte and Mourinho because the style of football they play is nothing similar, but um, if, like both of them I'm are… Not, extremely... I'm not saying it's similar, but yeah. the circumstances the circumstances at which
1: they come into our club or are going to come into our club, it looks almost
0: identical, right? No, I think what they leave the club with will be identical because they, like I, I already know that Conte leave us like at a worse stage than what we are now. And, like, and yeah,
1: that's… The thing about Conte for me is, mm. I mean, I think everybody in the world knows he's not a long-term manager, right? And right. he'll get us maybe what one good season, and then mm. it's going to be an absolute disaster after that. So I'd rather have like three, four better seasons than mm. one good season and one really bad one, you
0: know? Right. So I think what we can do um for the first ten, ten, fifteen minutes is look at how um Oli as a manager has set us up. So, we'll start from... Um, he, he, he took over in 2019, if I'm, if I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah, mid-season. I think after the Liverpool game only, when Mourinho no. lost 3-1. Yeah, Shakiri Dagger, last minute. Yeah, yeah. So, and when he took over, I believe we
0: were in 8th place in the league. Hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. So, okay, fine. Let's look at that, alright? Um, so, basically, I think he took over a side that lost faith in Mourinho as a manager. But um, Mourinho, he had very good resources at the time, all right? So... Can I... Yeah, uh, yeah. I think in that
1: team, not only did the team lose faith in Mourinho, they lost faith in themselves too. Like, I remember mm-hmm. the morale in the dressing room was like at an all-time low at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. No, but the mentality wasn't good in the players at all. And you could mm-hmm. see that, right? was benching the likes of Pogba or Lindelof or mm-hmm. some of our biggest assets in that team. So... Exactly.
0: So, uh, what Oli did in the so for me, why I like Oli as a manager. All right, he's not um you know the he's not very um tactically set in his ways, but I like that fluidity in a manager because what he basically does is he picks he picks a team that he sees has the most balance with regards to that match day, and he tries to he does okay he does do this where he yeah. looks at the opponent or where he does look at the opponent and. He Picks a side based on that opponent and not necessarily picks up, um, yeah, the thing. a match. I don't see you how know. altering your team and
1: tactics for an individual opponent is a bad thing. I know many people do consider it, but I've mm-hmm. just never understood that, right. that logic.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think the problem was he, he was doing it too often sometimes because, um, like there was no set this thing, but forget about that. Let's go back to 2019. So he started off. With I what I feel is was a like it was our most balanced midfield in the last decade and probably even, um going up to now. So we had um, Matic in the sitting role. We had uh, Herrera as a box to box as a shuttler almost, and we had Pogba at number ten. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll obviously touch upon individuals later on in the episode, but um, I think akil if you remember that season, we did extremely well, and then we had
1: exactly some... exactly. I... If I'm not wrong, he went on like a 25-game unbeaten streak or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I and think then we even that. had that comeback against PSG in the Champions exactly. League.
0: And then it, it felt like it all went. Because we really had like too many injuries to deal with. And um, um, he he deserved a contract at the time of PSG. But um, Woodward promised to give him that contract only after the summer. And maybe if they waited, we would have brought in someone like a Pochettino at that time. But um forgetting that we went we then went on to the twenty um twenty season. Was it twenty twenty?
1: Yeah it was. I think I believe we, the season we finished third, right?
0: Uh correct, correct, correct. That season yeah. we finished third. So we started off uh, no, it was twenty nineteen. Sorry, sorry. It, yeah, okay, whatever it is. Um are
1: too confusing, man.
0: Bro, this pandemic is really screwed it up. So yeah. um the summer, the summer signings were Maguire. James and Bissaka.
1: One Bissaka, yeah. So, and
0: I, I believe in January, we got Bruno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, what happened is, the start of that season, I remember, was terrible. Like, we beat Chelsea and
1: all initially. Yeah, we got the first, I, I think the season opener was a 4 nil win against Chelsea. And then we lost oh, two yeah. games or something like that yeah, against think, Palace or someone. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then we went to December and then it, it all went to shit. And then I remember in January we had a result against Burnley. It's very vivid.
1: Yeah, yeah. That exactly. was when I think the masses started this whole Ollie out. I think out after thing. that Burnley exactly.
0: game. Exactly, exactly. I, I remember that setup also. We had Brandon Williams starting that game. Yeah. We had, we had obviously Anthony. You know, um, Rashford or Martial were out that time.
1: Yeah, I think Rashi was. No, I think Martial was in. Oh, room. yeah, yeah.
0: It was Martial out. Yeah. Obviously in January. In the latter stages, we ended up buying both Bruno Fernandez and Egalo. um Then we had i think two games before the um this thing right before the pandemic hit and then yeah this is very yeah, the this two was, games were i believe
1: Watford and city we beat city at old Trafford, and yeah. Watford we got a three
0: one win yeah yeah, exactly the first game after the pandemic right we um like you, you'll see the first Evolution, almost of all, where he um went away from balancing squads with possibly having McTominay and threat in the midfield. He then shifted. He, he realized that to catch up, um, to get into fourth place, he has to pick up. Uh, not only does he have to pick up points, he needs to do it by a huge goal difference. Luckily, post the pandemic, our um fixtures were kind actually. So we went. I with, believe but... apart from the Tottenham game, it was fairly easy. Exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and then. The Tottenham game also we just drew, like yeah,
1: we just drew. And then I, I do think know. we were the better side in that game. We deserved a win, but yeah, let's, yeah that's yeah. I a think Berg Wine,
0: Bergwine sat down Maguire.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he sat down Maguire, but I think Bruno was creating some excellent chances that game. Yeah, it was
0: yeah, yeah, big yeah. Bruno that was. And then you know we we played some like we played very good football right against Bone Myth. And um, I, I remember, yeah, two, yeah, two, the maybe. 5 2. I remember that bone with game. Exactly. I, I think you can use that as the precedent where we played um, Rashford, Martial, Greenwood. We played this, it was a very recognizable mid block. We knew that we're not going to press, so what we did is we tried covering up as much paces as we could. We play Pogba and Bruno, uh, such that Pogba has a bit more license to get forward. And Matic basically breaks, he just breaks up play and just cuts down, like he intercepts the ball quite frequently. Basically. Yeah. And, um, but then what we realized then is, um, for me, Matic it was done in 20, I think. Only. Exactly. He,
1: his last peak contribution, I would say, was that season only. After that, it was a gradual really decline.
0: smaller teams, if you remember. We played Chelsea in the FA Cup. In yeah, England in the semis, game. right against. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were that, that was probably the only good team we faced. And then you could see how poor defensively we were. And many people attributed it to players like Lindelof and Maguire, while they were actually there was actually. I find that to like very,
1: action. I, like, I feel like I'm just gonna call them out. I find that very deluded. The people who yeah. call out Maguire and Lindelof for that. Exactly. Because essentially we have the same problem today, and we're expecting the centre backs to do centre backs to do things that we don't expect centre backs mm-hmm. to do normally.
0: Hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then last year we finished second, right? And you know, you talk about bad football. I actually think we played some of our worst football last year against the likes of West Bromwich Albion. I remember a win we got to one nil with our. I think it was a Bruno penalty.
1: I think yeah. a lot of games for that matter, we <laughs> nicked results in. It's not like yeah. we dominated the team or anything.
0: Exactly. And then we had this Pogba screamer face where he scored against West Ham from some far rage. Yeah, 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 I remember that. And then, and then Burnley also. We were really getting off. We were re- getting points, but then we were getting away with it almost, I felt. Hmm. And um, that is where always the balancer came back, right? And even with that, we were struggling with results because. What basically happened is, we couldn't create enough chances with that. Um, You know, it's it's, it's a very balanced midfield, but it doesn't create chances, right? Exactly.
1: Like, would you… Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Uh, hmm. do you con- would you put Bruno as the player in that midfield or would you put him as a
0: striker only because of… Yeah, I think last year was quite evident that he was a number 10. But then if you look at it this year… I think we'll come to this when we're analysing this year. So, yeah, 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 sure. So, Cool. okay, I think we can just get started off with this year then uh unless uh, no no that that's right. that um summer signings bro donny tellez um kavani right. ahmadry i look i'm gonna i find that
1: to be apart from maybe kavani i find that to be the most useless summer ever
0: bro oh, other than that first transfer window, i don't think we've had like a like even though we spent so much money, I genuinely don't know where it's gone towards the squad.
1: It's gone to the wrong players. Like our biggest need was, I think, a, min- a new midfielder, obviously.
0: Yeah. And we
1: instead we went and got Ronaldo, which. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was this. just for, I think, nostalgia and stuff. It doesn't really. I'm not really sure why they got him, but it yeah. is what it is.
0: Cool. Okay, so we've kept our head all right till now. Now this is where I get really fucking pissed. Okay. This is where my head is hot. We come to this summer. Um basically huh. Ole goes, um, we, we need uh Sans who I want I've been wanting him for two years. Okay, fine, we buy him. Great, okay, good job. Then we buy Varan. Okay. Is the center back needed? Yes. But um Is it
1: the most needed position in the team? Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. And then we come and then um it's towards the end of the window we think um hopefully we can get like for 20 million hopefully we can get some Sanderberg or some shit and we end up spa- splashing it on Ronaldo now for me um in um like even though we have not seen everything we're only like what 18 years old each uh mm. in my opinion Ronaldo is the worst signing um Manchester United have ever made um for reasons which I will go on to say now okay so, um you, you have anything to add on Ronaldo? Okay, let, you, I mean, you start look, <laughs> where do I start with him?
1: Uh, first of all, I feel like when Ronaldo plays, the team just does some fuck-all shit, man. Like, mm-hmm. they just play something else when Ronaldo's there but compared to like when… That is?
0: Why do you think that
1: is? That's because he… If you actually look at his positioning, he just does not do what you expect from a striker when we're on… The defensive.
0: Hmm. Okay, he... so let let me let's do a like analysis. Okay, to Cavani, I let we, basically what he means by a striker. I think like he's hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Ronaldo is not necessarily a striker. I exactly. So I think Mark Goldbridge called him the best number nine in the world when he when he isn't even a number nine.
1: So. Bro, we're screwed if we listen to Mark Goldbridge opinions. Yeah,
0: yeah. God. Like, uh, <laughs> so. Now, now I'm really fucking fuming. Okay, so now Cristiano Ronaldo is arguably my um like he's basically my idol, right? Like growing up, all I wanted. Yeah, to do learn I can how to understand
1: play. that. How
0: the Ronaldo? He's talk.
1: he's a five-time Ballon d'Or winner. Exactly. I don't think you need any
0: introduction on who exactly. Ronaldo is and what he's done. Exactly. And let's not get into like um the morality side of it with what he's done off the pitch, but um coming to what he's done for see i judge players on what they've done for united all right i don't give a shit if they're the best player in the world if you don't if not just perform if you affect others performance which what i feel ronaldo is doing so okay fine let's get into it okay so
1: okay wait possibly, the first things first is i agree mm-hmm. with you like he played well for real madrid that doesn't mean he can come back and play well for united it's just not how football works yeah
0: yeah so the first thing is he doesn't hold that central position, all you know, right. The issue with him is he drops too deep sometimes, and he occupies that left half space, which, um, according to me, two of our two two to three of our elite players really function there. So in that half space, we have Bruno because I, I don't know why Bruno doesn't shift to the right half space, but then he does work on that left. Yeah. Half space. So there's Sancho there in my opinion. I believe
1: even Luke Shaw comes.
0: Yeah, even Luke you no know, Luke Shaw does the overlap more than that half half space is basically between the wing and the central position. So, that that's why it's called a half space. It's between uh-huh. uh, holding width and staying central. So, that's the that's the play. So, Pogba oh, yeah. is probably a most influential player from there, right? Because he's not, in a sense, a winger. But because he plays that mid role, he really uh, shines in that area where he can either cut in and shoot or create through crosses or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. passes. So, th- that's essentially why I think So that's one of the main issues I have with Ronaldo. Another thing is he imposes himself with the ball a lot. So if you look at Cavani, no, he lets our bingos do their thing while also demanding the ball in the right positions. I think,
1: yeah, that's the thing. Cavani, he doesn't, yeah, yeah, that makes sense what you say.
0: Yeah. So the issue with Ronaldo is basically what our bingos essentially do other than Greenwood. Greenwood does his own shit. Okay. That guy's just like different. But then, what are Bingos essentially do is they find, they look at the ball. Uh, I mean, they get the ball and they look at where Ronaldo is and they spray it into him. And then, half the time, Ronaldo does his step over shit. And then he just turns back and plays a back pass. Which- exactly. A- he
1: tries too hard for a goal or yeah. he removes the chance from ever being there altogether.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he takes shots from just, just useless areas. Like, he's 36 years old. He's not... Gonna, like, haven't seen him score a screamer in, say, a year. Uh, yeah. Like, a screamer, screamer. Not just, like, anything outside the box with a screamer. So, yeah. That's the thing. Um, Anything else? On the, okay, yeah. Now, the most um, <laughs> pressing issue... I mean, yeah, the most pressing issue is the issue of pressing. So, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, what, what we shifted to, Akil... I think you have also mentioned this. Oh, uh, sorry. It's a nice ringtone. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you were talking about
1: the most… Oh, damn.
0: Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. So, so the most… Yeah, the issue of pressing, alright. So, I, I think you mentioned this, correct? We shifted from a 4-3-3 where Bruno was a number 10. And if you saw him against Liverpool, in, in other stages, fine, he played as a second striker. But I think yeah. Liverpool clearly played a 4-2-4 with Bruno holding the left wing. And then Ronaldo and Rashford pressing strike strikers. And it was yeah. annoying the game. <laughs> Shit, bro. It was just pissing me off. Because we expected Fred and McTominay to literally cover the area between Ronaldo all the way to Maguire. No, right? Like, exactly. You have your defenders and then you have your... What yeah. strikers and wingers, they have to cover the entire gap between them. It... Exactly, exactly. So I think pressing structures, there are three things you can employ. You can employ a high press, which basically Liverpool do, where you have basically a front three pressing and possibly a number ten or just one advanced midfielder. And then you have a mid block where you um where you just set a structure that cuts out passing lanes, or you have a low block. Where essentially, you almost play in your I roadmap. think
1: low blocks are essentially ones all mid-table teams do. Yeah. They Burn, face up.
0: Yeah. Your Burnleys, your… Um, to some think, extent, even
1: Newcastle did it against us, if I'm not wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have those two. By, yeah, yeah. Essentially, even Newcastle, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: so, I,
1: the thing is, I don't know what that block against Liverpool really was, man. Like…
0: Yeah. So, that's the thing, right? we essentially tried to play a high press with players who are not suited to the high press. So, let's r- remove Ronaldo out of the equation, right? Even with the likes of Cavani, Rashford and Greenwood, um, only, I'd say only Cavani and Sancho have the required pressing output to possibly play a, play in a high pressing side. But even Cavani, I don't think he can do it all season long because of his age,
1: correct? Uh, exactly, exactly. I feel like Cavani is also very... Temporary, this thing he's not going to be a week in, yeah. week out
0: exactly. Possibly Rashford because he's had that injury, but we still don't know yet. Greenwood, definitely not, definitely not. Yeah, presser at all. So, I like the thing is, people think you have to play a high press, a high tempo to win football games and control football games, but you can employ um a mid block, okay, which which we essentially did for the most of last or last season, not. Not fully last season because it was a bit haphazard with Bruno, but this year yeah. he's completely gone to shit. We played a four to four, which I don't understand out of possession. Now,
1: we do have... you? I want I want to ask you this: Do you think Bruno's the actual problem in that formation, though? Like
0: right, right. I think Bruno. Um, the thing is, he has extremely good work rate. All right, um, he has
1: good work rate, and I, I love the chances he creates. Man, hate me. <laughs> God, oh, I don't. I'm okay, not gonna say he's ball, a KDB or anything, but I think no, no. he
0: does the job. Bruno is <laughs> brilliant. He's brilliant. But your issues with um, he he basically, even when we try to play a mid block, okay, there are some situations where I feel Bruno, the uh, sometimes what he does is um, he th- there were two passing options, okay, for Liverpool, the keeper had two passing options, but still he pressed the keeper. So it annoys huh. me because what he does sometimes is he breaks the pressing structure. Even when we're trying to employ a mid block, he still goes and high presses because that's the kind he bo- he likes that high intensity style of play. And I think that's that's an issue with coaching and not necessarily Bruno. Because if you if you if you tell him not to do it and if he still persists to do it, bench him. Okay, that's the only option. So, but
1: do you think I don't understand how you would blame the coaching for that though? Because if we're trying coaching. a
0: mid, I'm telling you it's coaching. I'm telling you it's coaching. This. Like, I, I don't blame Ole for much, but that is coaching, okay? So, you, you have to instruct him to not... So, what basically happened? Allison had the ball. He had two passing options. I think it was... Uh, who are the two centre-backs? Konati and BVD. no? Yeah. He presses the keeper when there are two passing options, which you never do. Because if one passing... That opens
1: plays... up a gap in the...
0: Exactly. So, the issue is he, the, he presses, okay? And then on seeing that reaction, McTominay and possibly Van Bishak on the right-hand side, see that pressing uh, two seconds late and when they shift up, another gap is created. Behind yeah. The team. And when Van Bissaka is the only player in that back foot with very good recovery pace, that becomes an issue.
1: Exactly. You can't... That's the thing. That, that again, the people who take fall
0: for that are the centre-backs mm-hmm. even though they mm-hmm. they shouldn't. Exactly. Exactly. Now, let's come to our build-up issues. Okay. Um, this is extremely basic. Now... What you usually do in build-up is, um, for me, my personal favorite style of build-up play is you have three at the back. You possibly play, um, so it's a three-two. It's a 3 so One of the full full-backs backs backs play as, two. Two as a. Okay, fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So one of the fullbacks plays as, um, as an auxiliary sent back. Where basically for us it'll be Van Bissaka on the right. Now, hmm. what we've been doing is we've been playing two at the back for soft, for. Um, um for circulating possession and we've had McDominy and Fred. One of them will usually tend to be a little more advanced while one sits. But
1: what if we played
0: hmm. two centre backs in
1: the back and play someone like a McTominay as like an inverted C B and let both the wingers push up?
0: Right. Now the issue with that is um we we actually ended up doing this against um I, I think it was Sevilla. Um no, who did we play in the final Villarreal Correct? Oh yeah. <laughs> What usually happens is their whole team covered our left hand side, which is basically our mangate for um for for ball progression. So yeah, Luke Shaw and Maguire are basically our main progressors of the ball, and we end up uh playing a lot on the left-hand side. A lot of our creation comes from that left-hand side. Yeah. And our right hand side is basically goes to shit. So what they did is they I, they um they isolated Bisaka basically. They just gave him time on the ball because they know he's not good enough on the ball to do anything with it.
1: and He excellent. he doesn't have the ability to create yeah. chances. Yeah. He's, from very, that he's
0: actually, yeah, he's actually very good. Like, um, You know, he keeps the ball quite well, but then he, he doesn't have that final ball, which I think is excellent. I don't know. I find... I'm not sure if it's like
1: football IQ or whatever, but I feel like he makes the wrong decisions a lot of times. On when, the
0: ball or off? On the ball. Right, right, yeah. I think, I think we need... I think that's why Oli was looking at Trippier. And I didn't really mind that 20 million. Because it would actually improved our team a lot more than what... Some I'd of rather team spend it on Trippier than Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um coming to one of the main issues I had with Solskjaer is... He bought Sancho. Because one, we needed a different... Cre- if we're not playing Pogba... Pogba and Sancho are essentially the same type of creators. Now, um... Bruno. Okay, I
1: wanna talk about Sancho actually. Uh right. I feel like he's getting a lot of unaccounted hate. Right. For no reason. It's right. because people just look at his record, they look at his goals and assists, they're like, Oh no, yeah, he's a flop. But right. he actually makes some really good runs on that left on that left hand side.
0: Yeah, but for me, I think if he has a future it has to be on that right hand side because they're desperate for the for a creator there. Yeah. Um I think impact wise, like have you have you I'll ask you a question have you yeah. in the limited minutes both of them have played, even though Sancho has played more have you been more impressed with ahmad on the right wing or Sancho on the possibly left wing yeah left wing
1: I mean, look, I think Sancho's gonna stand out more because, like you said, we like creating more chances on the left hand side right and. Obviously, he will have the support of the likes of a Luke Shaw, who's making overlaps. He'll have a Pogba there. He'll have a Bruno there, and even sometimes Ronaldo there. So
0: sometimes though, he's all the time on a fucking <laughs> left wing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think due to that reason, it looks more to me like Sancho's the more impressive player. Hmm. But hmm. that could change if all these players go to, would act, would actually stay central or go to the right hand side to create
0: chances. Yeah, so what I would essentially want is, um, this is what I would do, okay. So, I'd play um, um, Maguire and Varan. Even though I love uh, Lindelof, like, there th- is a difference. Okay? Look,
1: there's... I think uh, Varan's recovery pace is an asset, even though... Hmm.
0: Yeah, he's solid. But then, see, the thing about Varan. this is another thing I want to say, okay. Varan will look flawless an entire game, but he has that bozo gene, where uh, in a 90-minute game... 89 minutes, he'll be brilliant. In that one minute, he'll make some stupid error. Some stupid yeah. error he'll make. We saw that against Wolves also. He was brilliant almost the entire game. But he made one or two mistakes. Even against, um, I think, was it Newcastle that he played in? Well, again, I I feel like the hate towards the centre-backs is going to keep coming until we get a CDM. Exactly, exactly, exactly. We'll address that CDM issue now. Okay, So, we play the three centre-back this thing. Uh, why? Because when you push both your wing backs, your ex- full backs, you expect output. And the thing is, Van Bissaka with zero point one nine expected assists the entire last season. I don't think it's good enough. Um, no, it's
1: definitely not.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how you can um, how you can make up for that width lost? You need to have one thing is you because you're playing Shaw as a full back. You can fine. You can manage. Okay, you're playing Shaw on that left hand side. He's playing a bit high. He's not uh, exactly doing that. And then you have Rashford holding bit, So he either cuts inside and then on uh, the overlap, or even on the underlap works. So that's brilliant. That's the left-hand side. So yeah. But defensively, you need to have a CDM who covers for that area. So Matic, Matic a while back would have been brilliant for this. But even if we don't have Matic, you can play a CDM who sits and Fred actually, he um, you can play him as a shuttler, as a presser basically. But off the ball, he covers for that left-back situation. Because I don't know. I
1: think in a few games, I do remember him going, pressing way higher than you were supposed to.
0: I think that, that's essentially where he excels because he's a very good presser. Like, he, the number of times he recovers the ball and went straight away, we're on a counter-attack. It benefits the team so much. And since Odell wants to play a counter-attacking side, I don't think he would have been able to do it without um this thing. Now I think the issue with our team currently is obviously we don't have that sitter. So McTominay is not neither good enough on the ball or off it. He's good. He's a decent player but he's definitely not Manchester United starting quality. Yeah. So, um but I think I think the issue
1: sometimes where I think our midfield looks straight up atrocious is when we do
0: start Pogba with either McTominay or Fred. We, we we'll come to Pogba. I think we have addressed Ronaldo a bit. We'll come to Pogba. Yeah, <laughs> because I think that's um one player we have a lot of opinions on. Now I think an obvious replacement would be Declan Rice. I think the guy is unbelievably good. If you put like a Spanish passport on the thing, right? that's the thing. Is
1: Declan Rice like a box to box or no? No, I
0: think yeah. That's the thing because Ole and Mike in okay. My what Mike feeling really wants. He doesn't want to sit there. It's very weird. He wants to. He, wants, he basically wants two box-to-boxes, like a proper pivot, rather than a sitter and like a yeah, box. Yeah. So, I think... And actually, McKenna and Tarek don't want that. They want a sitter. But then, Oli, this instant feel, and that enraged me. Like, I saw that on Twitter, actually. Um. But let's forget that, okay? So, Rice basically has the most progressions in the league. He's just brilliant on the ball. And even off it, he has like very good interception rates and all. He's not an NDD level when it comes to... Um interception, but then tackling is very good. His uh, physic he has obviously very good physicality. He has that girth, which makes That's him uh, very useful. Yeah, in I think situation.
1: I think there is no denying that he's an exceptional player. But hmm. the problem is there comes a price tag with that. And
0: right, if you saw it two days back, and um, West
1: Ham were being absolute dicks about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Moyes actually said last summer you would have got him for hundred million, and he called it a bargain.
1: Exactly, exactly. And button,
0: I thought, I was thinking like maybe we could
1: use Jesse Lingard as tradable assets for… Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that didn't work out. But yeah, exactly. if you're looking for a more budget option hmm.
0: at that position, who would hmm. you go for? For instead of Declan Rice. Yeah. That's the thing. He's so far ahead of other players. I genuinely don't see… And and because he's the only one we've been linked to properly, I think he's the only one like I have in my eyes. Let let's see though. Like I think United I hope they scout. I him. was
1: checking out on Jude Bellingham also. I think he's also more of a box-to-box type
0: player. I don't think yeah, he would I don't think he wouldn't solve it. the issue we have now. Exactly. Now just two more things with Ronaldo, yeah. Yeah. He's fucked it up with regards to Haaland. I think we're out of that race because next year he's going. And since we have Ronaldo, we won't go for him. So fuck you, Cristiano. Um, secondly, you know what annoys me the most?
1: I w- the thing is like about the Holland thing. I genuinely thought we could make do without hmm. somebody like a Holland for one season if we hmm. address the other issues of the team.
0: Yeah, like- yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, bro. City have been doing it for three, like not three years now. I mean. It it has been three years because Aguero keeps getting, kept getting injured, but yeah, you can do it, bro, hundred percent.
1: Exactly, we've seen that it's possible in other teams. And in fact, we had done it for, as a matter of fact, the season prior as well. Yeah, because,
0: yeah, Tony, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm not sure what the. Mindset was when getting Ronaldo, or what the thought process was in the completely
0: nostalgic and to prevent him from going to City, but let's forget about that, okay? Like, I've like, see, we're not denying. See, one thing I want to set clear is I've addressed that he's my idol. I've always said one thing get him on a one game contract, one game (laughs) where all United fans are allowed to cry, and then we move on with the rest of our season. That's it.
1: Yeah, Newcastle game was that,
0: (laughs) yeah, it was bloody brilliant, one of the best United games I've ever watched, but then. After that, just been shit, man. It's just been shit. Now um, again, I want to come
1: to the delusion of our yeah, go for it, go for it. <laughs> Everyone after that one game, they thought Ronaldo was gonna lead us to a Champions League or lead us to a Premier League title. Yeah, no, we're not
0: close. We're not
1: even I, close. I'm just. I was just sitting and waiting for it all to blow up on our face.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and again,
1: yeah. that the same reason. It's the same fans who call like. Our defence to be one of the worst, despite it not being their fault. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> it's just, we have one. Our fan base is just built different.
0: Yeah. Uh, one more thing. God, annoys me with Ronaldo. He obviously brought his fan base with it. And I'm lo- I'm seeing a lot more from my mutuals, Storing, United, posts, And they're complaining about us, bro. I saw some guy shitting on Rashford. Because he didn't pass. No, shitting on Greenwood because he didn't pass the ball to Ronaldo. I got bloody bloody Get Bro, just bro
1: get, <laughs> get, get the fuck out, out club, man. Bro.
0: Get him out of my club. Now, um, oh shit. We're, we're almost on a 40-minute mark. We have to hit on two more individuals. So, let's do it fairly quickly, okay? Yeah. yeah. Akhil, I think I'll let you go completely on talk, bro. You have okay. like a minute.
1: Look, he has to go. It's as simple <laughs> as that. He has to go. Get, take Real Madrid, Juventus, I don't give a fuck, man. Take him and go. He is... I don't know why people think he can play in a pivot. I just... I'm so confused, man. Mm-hmm. And when you have likes of Sancho, Rashford and Greenwood who can play on the wings, what, what the fuck is his use in this team? And you actually expect me to want to give him an extension for 350k a week? Nah, oh, get the fuck man. out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think the need for Bogba left when Sancho came in. So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's all I have to
1: and say. Have you seen him in the pivot? It's it's It yeah, physically just, pains.
0: Uh, just one last thing. People bring up that he played in a pivot with Kante, making it seem like Kante is this guy who can fix Pogba's this thing. But they're not accounting for the fact that he, they had to play Rabiot in the Mazzala role just to cover for Pogba. He's that much of a luxury player. But I think you can still accommodate for him. But not, definitely not Pogba and Ronaldo.
1: Bro, you have you seen like he fucks off somewhere and just leaves Fred alone in that pivot? Oh god.
0: I see it was Tom and he, whoever, bro, even Matic. Even Matic you have to feel Papa sometimes. That guy's like <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So just last play I wanna address. Okay, David here. Um, right, see. He legit made us watchable for what half a decade, correct? Yeah, we, we
1: are, uh, he's always
0: gonna have my respect, man. Bro, like, he legit has my heart, okay. 2015, 20, 2017, 20, some of the best goalkeeper. like, in a like low that, block, his I, think he's the I still I think. remember that
1: Tottenham game in huh, Wembley. Huh, huh. Oh, man, I don't know how he did it, he single handedly saved us that game.
0: Was, yeah, incredible, uh, bro. I, like, I remember diff- I, I remember one save. Um, it was against Stoke Saido Berehino. He got his head on it. Just an unbelievable save. But then what we're talking about with 2021, and I think um, there are a lot of issues with that goalkeeping role, okay? Now, um, I'll bring up some stats. But before that, I'll yeah. say something. He makes he makes normal saves, okay? He makes normal saves, but then because he, he has some weird ability to make normal saves look like great saves, okay? Because exactly. Because it's in a weird way. And then people go, oh, what a save. But it's actually a routine save if you think about it. Now... Uh, the biggest issue I have with him is he's a coward. Okay, um, to put it bluntly, he's a coward. Basically, he does not come off his line. Um, he he's he did it against um some team. I forgot who it was. was it. Wolves. He did it against. Did what? He did it against Wolves. Um, just come off his line or something for a ball. Forget that. Ah, okay, I don't remember actually. Yeah, he does it only when it's extremely obvious, and it it doesn't help us. Okay, when you're standing on that line, just waiting for the ball to come at you. It makes it so much harder for your defenders. Now, yeah. another thing is, if you look at Maguire, right? He's so much more comfortable with Dean Henderson in goal because he claims stuff like corners. If you look at hmm. De Gea, he has one high claim all season. It's absolutely horrendous, bro. Just horrendous. Now, um, that's the thing, but... Do you yeah. actually think Dean Henderson
1: would be the man to... I'm not,
0: saying, I'm not saying that, okay? Dean Henderson is an upgrade, but he's definitely not the solution. I think Exactly.
1: To... I find Dean Henderson also to be like... Yeah. He's a good keeper, no doubt. But he's yeah. not going to be the keeper yeah. who takes us over the line.
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, with regards to goalkeeper cross-topping and sweeping performance, David De Gea ranks second last only to Hugo Lloris in the Premier League. And in non-short-stopping performance, David De Gea ranks last. So, in other than short-stopping, he ranks last. And even in short-stopping, he ranks only third. So, it's not that big of a this thing. that it's, it's not a net positive, basically, for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah, he asked… He asked there is to,
1: more bad than good in…
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, see, if we have to play a high… If we want to play um, a high-press, okay. Everyone thinks we want to play a high-press. We want to send… Uh, we want our defenders to play a high line, sorry, not a high press. Um, you need to have a keeper that covers that space between them and the ball comes over the top. I'll, I'll bring into um, this thing, the Salah, the Salah goal. Okay? The ball uh, was misplayed by um, Rashford. Tons of space. Okay, Any other keeper would have claimed that. But then De Gea stays De Gea on his didn't. line. didn't. He stays on his line, yeah. <laughs> Granted, he makes the save. He's like bloody Ronaldo. Both of them are firemen who put out their own fires. Even against Villarreal. Ronaldo does call all game. He gets one ball, he puts it in, fine. Great job. Okay, but both of them are done out here, I'm telling you. I hate like, how Ronaldo gets the thing though, for that. Bro, bloody hell. It pisses me off. That Teller's goal was beautiful, man. Oh, buddy.
1: bro. That Teller's goal is just... It's one yeah. for the ages, man. What a goal yeah. that was.
0: I think we've touched a, a lot on um this thing. Okay, I think now it's time to come back to the emotional area, which is obviously probably my favourite... The, the manager have the most connection, to. Um, do you have anything you want to say in or own OLE?
1: I, I think he has shown us what can be and he's also we all know that he's an elite man-manager one of the best if not the best hmm. in the world and look it's not like his tactics are so flawed that we get beat out week in week out I think hmm. and again I think the problem is deeper than him it's hmm. He's just a scapegoat to it. So it just appears like it's his fault, even though I feel like it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said it multiple times. I'm not going to be Ollie out even despite the result against Liverpool. Or yeah. the one against uh, Leicester or whoever, for that matter.
0: Yeah. For me, personally, even I'm never going to say the words, but I don't think you can get... um Losing 5-0 to Liverpool, I, I don't think any manager should survive that. Um. Like, you have to remove that lens once in a while. Like, like forgetting the name. Nimole, you just cannot lose 5 nil to Liverpool. That's how... It, it, it's just how it works. Hmm. Now, what I want to say is... I yeah, think that's the thing. Time. I
1: don't... While I don't think he gets... He gets too much blame, that doesn't... I don't mean that he shouldn't get blamed at all. I exactly. Think
0: hmm.
1: Some of the fault does, obviously. I mean, we wouldn't be losing 5-0 if that were the case. Right. So... But I don't think I want to sack him. Or... For that matter, you know what? I don't want to sack anyone mid-season, man. It's just, when right. has it ever fucking worked out? Except for maybe t- Tuchel at Chelsea. It's just never worked out.
0: Right. Um, we will come to that, okay? Which managers you think will rep- replace him? But um, I want to just say like a massive thank you for, to Oli. Because um, he's, he's he's made me follow United in almost every game. I didn't care which team he put out there. As long as Oli was at the helm, I was going to watch it. And... Yeah. Uh, you know, you've seen him start Phil Jones and all, bro. Bro, it's been it's been terrific. What like some of the best moments as a fan have come under him. Like that's what that's what I said. Like United are glorious regardless England. of regardless of what he does, he's gonna still go down as
1: a, a legend of this club. And look, he has my respect not only for up, uh, for bring, what he's done as a player, but for what he's bring, done as a manager too.
0: Bring up we bring add, up like this thing, bro. Uh, that comparison. He's a bigger bigger legend than you know who.
1: Yeah, Mr. Name. <laughs> Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, of course, bro. That's
1: the thing. You know, I find this really funny, man. Ronaldo's not a United legend. Who told you he is? He's yeah. He's a Real Madrid I mean, legend and I'll give him credit for that. He's hmm. His best days were at Real Madrid. And I don't think, I don't know why people expect him to play United now.
0: Yeah, I don't want to slander him so much. But then, um, he, I don't know if he's a legend or not. Because I don't know what goes into that. But Oli is hundred percent a bigger legend than,
1: um, bro. Oli's won the ninety-nine Champions League goal. That itself was, it was bloody brilliant, man. Like,
0: bro, that's the biggest goal in our club's history. Like, low key.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but
0: so... Yeah, yeah, so but do you want to talk a... about? No, 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 bro. Like, we have to spend some time on Oli, man. I don't think we've done him enough. Yeah, we're not doing him justice. Yeah, exactly. We're not doing him justice. Sorry. Um. Bro, for me the guy, um, like every press conference, okay, like the guy is fucking Shakespeare with his words, bro. Like you should hear the, like two years you should just like just go to United Reports timeline and see the shit he came out with in press conferences. Bro, uh, like I like I'm put out. He knows me. how to talk. Uh, bro, he's a bloody <laughs> bloody brilliant, bro. Now, um, like he like he he would actually like. Um uh, he would be getting pressure from all sides and he'll still end up giving some life advice in his press conferences. Some exactly he's so calm about the way he does his thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, fine. I think bro, I think we can do all this and ping like when it happens. I think it's almost um wait. Let me just check for updates. By then I think you can um go over who um the candidates are well if I'm not wrong,
1: the two favorites were. I think the favorite was Conte and after that was Zidane. I'm hmm. against both of them. Hmm. I think people overhype Zidane hmm. for history, and whatnot, but I don't know, man. He's just I've I know for a fact that both are gonna like blow up on us. And I think the same not a long-term manager. We all know that he's a short-term guy. He'll get us one good season, and then he'll leave us in shambles in the next one.
0: Hmm.
1: So, if I actually had to go for somebody, I'd go for somebody, like and you know, who's an up-and-coming manager. You know, who's yeah. It'll be an exciting. It'll be an exciting transition under him.
0: Yeah. Obviously, we don't speculate, but I think um, Conte seems favorable. But then, the thing is, United, in fact, don't… Like, there's a lot of reports from… Um, I'd say Paul Hurst is an extremely credible journalist, who said United, um, uh, you know, the type of manager-wise, not necessarily their play style. They don't want another Mourinho. They want, uh, yeah. you know, a younger a younger manager, basically. With um, mm-hmm. something something to add to the modern game. Um, I think, bro, it's pointless analyzing how Conte sets his team up and shit. So, I think we can just go over one last point, okay? So, I think think you'll agree with me. um, By saying that Solskjaer put his… Like, whatever happens… These player FCs, okay? Pogba FC, Martial FC, Ronaldo Uh FC… Whatever they want, they can say anything. But they can't say Solskjaer hasn't given this player a chance. Because no matter how bad they were, he's stuck by every single bloody one of them. And if you see the shit that's come out from these players… I feel like fucking crying, bro. That's one exactly.
1: Story. I am so. I was so fucking furious yesterday when I saw the. I saw a tweet. I think it yeah, said that the yeah. dressing room has come to acknowledge the fact that they want a new manager or something like that. It was. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, oh, these fucking bastards, man.
0: <laughs> bro, there was shit from every single player. You could know. You like you. Some some of them you knew. Okay, you knew, you, you just know which players. If you want me to name drop, <laughs> I'll say. Uh, the players who had his back were. McGuire, Shaw, um, Fred and McTominay who basically owe their careers to him. And then yeah. people by De Gea, Pogba, Martial, players who have a lot of um, you know, they have a lot of cash in the bank with our uh, fan base, but mm. haven't been up to the standards.
1: I think exactly. I feel them. like the first four names you said, those were people who would hundred percent back Ollie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: I, I was thinking maybe even Bruno might back him. I'm yeah. not too sure about that either. No, no, like, I think
0: last week only Bruno came out with something saying um, even the coaching yeah, staff yeah. to improve their tactics and shit. So, I think Bruno would have... I mean, like, to be fair, he does a, a supporting
1: cast all he have. Like, I like, can fucking do a better job.
0: Yeah, so first, like, like there's three reasons, okay? According to me, why he doesn't... uh, He most probably will not continue as Manchester United manager even though I desperately want him to. One is putting faith in the wrong players.
1: I think uh, the, the re- Liverpool result on its own
0: yeah, it was yeah. the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I think it shows that he's very courageous. Right, He took on these big names and, okay, fine, he did drop them. That shows a different level of bravery. But then taking up that challenge of signing players like Varane and adding pressure to your job, I think he's not a pussy. Of- That's the first thing. So, he put his, yeah. his thing in the wrong man- uh, on the wrong players. Um Secondly, is backroom staff. Okay, he admitted that he was not the one doing the tactics, so his backroom staff is clearly not up to the level. And maybe not, but um he didn't take advice from the right people, in my opinion, because it came yeah. out. Um, yeah, I remember was, even
1: about that whole sitting midfielder and a box-to-box one.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah, I, I do agree. Like. It's not like all he's supposed to be on, he's completely off the hook or anything, but he does get some of the blame. And yeah, the Liverpool result, like you said, on its own, that sometimes does usually deserve to getting a sack. But Hmm. what that, I don't know, it saddens me, obviously, that he's going. But I think what concerns me more is who are options to replace him, Har.
0: Yeah, that's one more thing, okay. They sack him, fine. But how many times are we gonna get one these players who have done it n number of times? And secondly, the fucking board and the internal structure sack managers time after time without having any changes.
1: How exactly. Many more... How many How many more sacks is it gonna take for them to realize that
0: the problem is deeper than that? It just It just kills you, man watching this happen time and time again. You you already know, fine, we get Conte. Fine, maybe we win the Premier League. I can promise you in three seasons you'll want him out. You'll be saying Conte out. You'll call him a P.E. teacher. Watch.
1: Not only that, bro, Leave that the club will win a Premier League but we'll go way lower than what we are now. Like, at least we're at a certain level, right? For the past two seasons we've been at a certain level. We're going to go way lower than that after we win, like, maybe a premier league or something like that
0: yeah i think we're almost at the end of the i have just one one question for you yeah now assuming solskjaer um has his chance against spurs and say even though he wins even if he doesn't get sacked is there anything in your mind that says okay maybe that he can maybe he can turn it around or are you 100% convinced he's sacked uh
1: i think i saw a tweet yesterday that said the board might, may give him a chance till the next international break
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think I'm not, I'm not actually sure when that is but well I hope it's on anytime soon I fucking hate international break but yeah. uh, I think if they do give him a few fixtures and he implements what we've seen him do like obviously mm-hmm. even last season when the sack rumours started coming up he mm-hmm. went on a bloody streak didn't mm-hmm. lose a game for like what twenty games or something, mm-hmm. and if he does that, I don't see a reason to sack him at, at least mm-hmm. till the end of the season. Like I've always been against sacking mid-season, so exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I do think he deserves a chance to stay for now.
0: Okay, so this is just um, just give us a prediction. Um, just two things: who is going to manage Manchester United in the final game of the season, and where will be what will be our league position. At the end of that season, and um, whether we'll win any cups this year. That's those three. Who questions. will
1: manage will probably be Conte. Who I want to manage would probably be an interim manager until we could get somebody.
0: And not Ollie. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is assuming that he's getting the sack, right? So. Huh. uh Who I want would be any interim manager. I couldn't be bothered who it was, and then summer go for somebody like a Ten Hag.
0: huh.
1: I'd say finishing, I. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see a top four. I, I'd say fifth,
0: right. a fifth place
1: finish, and Any maybe the quarterfinals. No, no silverware. Quarterfinals in the Champions League, and man. man. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's where I'm expecting us.
0: Right. So I'm going to be the eternal um positivist, the optimist. Um. So I I'll just quote Hurst class, okay? So which is Paul Hurst from Twitter. If M U S C do sack Solskjaer the Glazers are keen on bringing in a manager for the long term who shares the club's tradition of blooding youngsters and playing attacking football. So, going on that listing, I would assume they're going to wait to the end of this season because I don't see any obvious candidates. Yeah. Uh, So, I'll throw in three names going by that, uh, judging that that article is correct. So, that would be um, one of um, Ten Hag, Graham Potter, or uh, Maurizio Pochettino. If not. Even he, Potter would be a very interesting signing. I wouldn't
1: I would entertain that actually.
0: I wouldn't entertain anything but Ollie. but okay, fine, let's go with that.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: actually so, that's facts. Oli or nothing. Bro, I I saw this other funny tweet. What if we sack Solskjaer and then hire him as interim manager? I'll actually lose it. You don't know. Bro, bro, is the interim manager is the best manager in the world, bro. Prime Oli. Prime Ollie exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. and 100% you watch bro, after that interim manager run they'll hire him back <laughs> he'll win the league with that run bro mad shit <laughs> um, cool so league position I think we will finish Um, unfortunately fourth fourth is the best we can do this year. and um, silverware you know I'm actually still hopeful I'm not gonna say we're not gonna win anything uh, Why do like, you think I, we would win though that's the thing if I say something like Champions League I'll get fucked so, I yeah. just see him up just to be safe, go Fuck it. We'll
1: just leave. I mean, you never know. We could make a deep run in the Champions League, but yeah. I'm yeah.
0: expecting us to make a
1: quarterfinals. And after that, we'll no one end up facing somebody like a, a Bayern Munich or something like that and get belted. Yeah. Hey,
0: no, you know, according to Akash, we'll beat Bayern, bro.
1: Five nil. listening to Akash, was screwed. Like, God God save us.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think that's it, bro. I think we're done for the uh, podcast today. It's yeah. Been really hand- I won't say it's been fun because this is one of like the worst... Like the day... Like the Liverpool day was one- generally one of the worst days of my life. We had that and um, I believe even India yeah.
1: was that day. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Too much pain for one day.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I think we can... You, if you have anything else to say to, to conclude, just to thank you, Oli, one more time.
1: Yeah, thanks, bro, Oli. You're the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Glazers, please don't fucking sack him. I can't deal with.
0: Glazers sack yourself, fucking bastards. <laughs> just sell the club, get. a fine IPL team? Just, just one more news post. Um, uh, the Glazers, bro, they're they're, they're fucking good jewels bro. They're so they're so miserly. they legit, they legit bid the least in that IPL auction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knowing Glazers
1: is expected, man. God, bro. I think it's a known fact they prioritize their NFL team more than yeah, anything
0: else. Exactly. Well, what is it? Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no? Yeah. Match. He shit. won.
1: They just signed Tom Brady and won the. Is yeah, the They Super Bowl. expected
0: the same thing with that third, that the 36-year-old Tata employ, employee? Bro. Exactly.
1: That's the thing I want to say that it's they're They think it's exactly the same, running an NFL team and a football club.
0: God, bro. cool. I think we can end on that note. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, Thank you yeah. Phil for coming on. Bro.
1: Yeah, my pleasure bro.